Hey bosses, before we kick off the show, I want to take a second to tell you about our sponsor this week, Indeed.com. Indeed is the number one job site in the world because Indeed gets you the best people fast. And right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which will get you more qualified candidates even faster. All you got to do is head over to Indeed.com slash iLab. That's Indeed.com slash I-L-A-B. I'll tell you more about them after the break, but for now, let's get the show started. Welcome to the Invest Like a Boss podcast. I'm Sam Marks. And I'm Johnny FD. We're self-made entrepreneurs who invest our own money and use modern technology to invest like a boss. Join us each week for exclusive interviews with our network of modern investors, business owners, and multimillionaires to discover new ways to invest our hard-earned cash. Hey bosses, this is Johnny and welcome to episode 158 of the Invest Like a Boss podcast. I'm with special host today, Derek Sparks. Welcome to the show. Hey, thanks Johnny. Glad to be here. Uh, replacing Sam uh, just temporarily. Yeah, Sam will be back on next, next episode. Don't worry, we didn't kill him or anything. <laughs> Yet. <laughs> yeah, but uh, this is actually, so quick catch up. Uh, Derek, are you still in LA? Where, where are you? In Venice? I am. I am in uh, Venice Beach at home. Um, currently getting a little bit of cabin fever, so I'm trying to figure out uh, my next trip. Okay, go to Mexico, man. I actually, I'm looking at Mexico or the Caribbean. It's. I mean, that's about your only option if you're in the U.S. right now. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Yeah, go go to one of those. I I watched your uh, your video of your studio apartment filled with bird scooters. <laughs> that's actually was- the apartment I'm sitting in right now. <laughs> It was fantastic. How many did you have in there? Uh, I, I mean, I'm sure you could count them. That was probably at least 30 to 40 of them. If you guys haven't checked it out, uh, uh, sign up for the Boss Lounge on Facebook and you can check out the uh, video I'm talking about. Uh, so many scooters that I, I, I had to like climb over them and you literally could not walk in my apartment without a scooter. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's hilarious. You guys have to see it. It's a great way to make some some side hustle income, invest it, especially while you're young. So yeah, they're not in Venice that. anymore, though. Uh, it's a shame, but you know, but there's always something else. Thanks, coming California. Up. It's California law. You know, yeah. Fun times over here. Get, get out of California. <laughs> get out of California, man. <laughs> True. I'm telling you. <laughs> uh, also, as an update, our Q4 updates with Sam and I are now live in the uh, Patreon group. If you haven't joined yet, go to investlikeaboss.com, click on Patreon or support the show. And as long as you're even the lowest tier, the $5 member, you get access to the quarterly updates where Sam has become super, super open. He just opens up his accounts in, his, in, the, in the video and you can just see his dashboard, see exactly how much he has invested in everything, both losses and profits. Uh, and I do the same. So check that out if you haven't. And also supports the show and basically pays for Derek's salary to have him on the show and getting these great guests like Peter Malouk. Yes. And I definitely appreciate the Patreons. Uh, and for sure, just to back up what Johnny just said, Sam is like super open now before with the quarterly updates, he kind of, he'd hold back a little bit, but it's really cool to see him. And um, I think we're figuring out he has a lot more investments than <laughs> we even knew of before. So yeah, even cool. for me. So it's exciting for me to even see, especially the losses and, and you know, what to avoid, but also the profits and kind of how that's going. Um, but this week's guest is the co-author of the new book, The Path, which is kind of an update to Unshakable. Uh, he co-authored it with Tony Robbins, which I'm sure a lot of you are familiar with, a man who's personally changed my life and many, many others. So uh, I'm going to be excited for this. 
I'm super excited. And I got a question for you, Johnny. Do you believe in fate or that things happen for a reason? You know what? Yeah. I mean, I don't base my whole life on fate and karma, but yeah, I, I see it happening all the time. I don't either, but uh, this is one of those instances where I, I believe it did happen because um, calling back to that last episode that we did together, one of the questions from the Patreon group was, when are you having Tony Robbins on the show? Oh. So, yeah. do you remember that? Okay. Yeah, I do remember so, that. So, I, I think, I want to say like a day or two later, I was, you know, we get a lot of uh, guest referrals for, you know, many people. We, we obviously can't accommodate them all, but- um, And all of them we email. don't want to accommodate. <laughs> <laughs> True. I won't say who those are, but um, I was checking my email and how often do you check your spam folder? Almost never. Same here. And I just decided, well, let's, let's see what's in the, the old spam folder. <laughs> and lo and behold, I see a request that says, uh, speak to Tony Robbins co-author, Peter Malouk. And I was mm. like, wait a minute. It's in the spam folder. This can't be right. <laughs> so, yeah. It's, I open it up and it looks legit. It's from the, the publisher of, of the, um, the new book. And, you know, I write her back and, you know, 100% legit. Obviously, we got Peter on the show. And I just thought it was really cool that I was like, okay, we don't have Tony yet. I say yet because we will. But we got his co-author and obviously someone who's very close with him. And it just happened to, to come about right after we just talked about having Tony Robbins on the show. So it was kind of cool. little nugget. Yeah, that's fantastic. And that's definitely the, that's the first kind of big bridge. And I'm pretty sure the only reason why I went to the spam folder is as book publishers, they probably reached out to hundreds, if not, you know, thousands of like media outlets, news outlets, podcasts, and they probably just got flagged as spam because they just sent so many emails. Yeah, definitely. So but, check your spam folder is a lesson. <laughs> yeah. I haven't checked mine in about two years, so I'm going to check it after this, but I'm so happy to have Peter on. Uh, there's tons of questions I want to ask him. You know, a first big one is why they updated the book because it was money, the master of the game, which I read unshakable and then now just three years later there's the path and i also want to know i'm just curious how he met tony robbins how he partnered with him uh, plus we have a ton of questions from the patreon group and i made sure to ask all those in there so without further ado let's bring on peter maluk This week's episode of Invest Like a Boss is sponsored by Indeed.com, where they know that hiring is one of the most crucial things that you can do to help your business. And they are the number one job site in the world because Indeed gets you the best people fast. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need. You can pause your account at any time and there are no long-term contracts. Plus, Indeed provides powerful tools to make your search that much easier. Like one of their features is sponsored jobs. These are shown to be three and a half times more likely to result in a hire. And with 73% of online job seekers visiting Indeed every month, Indeed is going to get you that important hire that you need, just like they have for over 3 million businesses. So you can join them now. Indeed is offering Invest Like a Boss listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see your post. Try Indeed out now with your free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash iLab. That is their best offer anywhere. So check it out. 
Indeed.com slash I-L-A-B. Terms and conditions apply. Offer valid through December 31st. Hey, Peter. Welcome to the show. Hey, it's good to be with you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm really excited. Uh, I've read your last book, Unshakable, and I'm really glad that you have an update coming out, The Path Accelerating Your Journey to Financial Freedom. Uh, it's coming out actually right around the time this episode will come out. So a uh, big first question is, why, did, why the new book? It, it, why the update? Well, you know, Unshakable was all about markets, and how to look at markets, how to prepare for corrections, bear markets, really went through a lot of the, you know, the data and, and evidence of how frequent corrections in rare markets happen, why not to fear them, really embrace them, take advantage of them. So it's really focused on that. And the idea is to be unshakable going into a correction uh, or a bear market. You know, we just went through one. And I think any readers of that book that followed that advice, you know, they're sitting here uh, just fine today. Um, the path is really more about all of the components that impact financial well-being. So building wealth, protecting wealth, transferring wealth, which have all kinds of things beyond just the market. Uh, you can get the market right and screw everything up because uh, you didn't get some estate planning documents correct or you didn't really maximize things because the tax situation wasn't right. So it really gets into everything that impacts the financial well-being of someone. Yeah, uh, I can see that. And actually, one thing I really liked about this book, uh, and thank you for the advanced copy so I can check it out, was the part where Tony Robbins actually wrote about, I believe it was the six um, human needs. And I remember going, actually, you know, went to his date with Def uh, Destiny conference. And that was a huge takeaway. And it's, it's amazing that that, uh, that part is in the book, because it's not just about human needs, um, you know, for relationships or happiness, but really for the way we think about finances as well. Why did he feel like that needed to be included? You know, it's interesting because when we were talking about the book and he was talking about all the things he wanted to write about, he's written a couple chapters in here. I think they're great chapters. And Jonathan Clements uh, wrote a chapter in here that I think is a wonderful, you know, beautiful chapter about happiness and the purpose of money. But when Tony was thinking up of his ideas, I had asked him to write about the six human needs. And he had said to me, you know, I've talked about this a million times and everyone already knows it. And I said, you know, just my experience with people that have had their life changed for the better, uh, having you know, been to one of his events or read one of his books outside of uh, money, um, they really tend to come back to those, those things as having made a big difference for them in terms of just identifying what they're all about. And just for your listeners, I won't go through all six of them, but he, he basically runs down the idea that you know, we're all motivated by different things. Some of us are motivated by contribution. We want to feel like we're making a difference in our, in our family or, our, or the company we work for or for the community. Um, some of us are motivated by significance. You know, we want, you know, everyone to think that we're, you know, we're, we're awesome. Some of us are motivated by connection. You can kind of see that when you come out of a, uh, a playoff baseball game or something and everyone's yelling, we did it, we did it. You know, the sense of connection when really, you know, the players on the field, uh, did it. And there, so there's all of these things. Some people need certainty in their lives, somewhat variety. But if you can really get in touch with what, what is it? Know, know yourself first. What is it that you're motivated by? It really helps you clarify your financial goals too. Because mm -hmm. if you're motivated by contribution, you might want to, um, you might want to set up a foundation that organizes your contribution uh, to the community. Um, you know, if you're motivated by a certainty, your investments are going to be very, very different 
than someone who's not motivated by that, right? So if you, you really have to start with what are your goals, which is kind of what I focus on, but also understanding your what drives you personally. And that really helps crystallize your goals. And so I thought it fit in beautifully. I think it's just great that you touched on that right out of the box because I think it was perfect in the, in the context of this book. Yeah, I definitely agree. And for me personally, I, I'm here in Sri Lanka right now, just on vacation. Wow. And I almost put in, I think it was maybe a quarter of my net worth to buy this luxury condo here that you know had guaranteed 7% 7 returns. And I asked <laughs> myself, why am I actually even considering this? And I had put down the deposit and I, I was you know, kind of going through the whole process. And I realized it was the need for two things. One is uncertainty or variety, you know, just so I don't have a boring index fund portfolio. But second, yeah. it was for significance. So I can be able to talk about this luxury condo I have with a, you know, beach club right on the beach and, you know, be, be able to talk about and show photos. And I realized this is a terrible reason to invest in something. And that's when I canceled the deposit. <laughs> you know, it's so funny you say that I was sitting with a CEO, a pretty recognizable one. Of a, of a Fortune 100 company, tech company, and I'm meeting him in a San Francisco cafe. And I was asking him, you know, his favorite vacation ever. And, you know, he said anywhere he can get where he's disconnected from technology and he's with his direct family, his wife, kids, parents, and that he really liked to get a yacht. I said, oh, you must have your own, you know, because I've got clients that are worth $100 million that have their own yachts. And he said, uh, and this guy's worth billions. And he said, absolutely not. He, and he, he, his response to me was, I don't need to tell anybody that I have a yacht. Mm. He goes, it makes no financial sense. He's like, I could literally be on a yacht months out of the year and spend less than owning one. He, and his connection was, he just, he just wants that experience. Mm. He doesn't need to tell anybody. He, he doesn't have anything to prove to anybody. So he didn't need to tell anybody that. You know, I think that's really fantastic. And that actually goes to one of the questions is on the kind of opposite end of why, you know, most people don't even get started. And we'll get back to that in a second. But why do you think some people have financial success, but still are not happy? Well, I think there's a lot of evidence out there that money does impact happiness up to a certain point. So, you know, the only people that I've ever heard say money doesn't matter are people who have money, right? You cannot go to somebody who's living in poverty and find one of them to tell you that money doesn't matter. But the studies, depending on which ones you want to buy into, say once you get to between you know, 55000 and 85000 a year, somewhere in there, mm -hmm. money is done, is done being a part of your happiness because you've met all your basic needs. You're no longer worrying about a place to live or how do I drive or where do I get my next meal or, or having he heating or air conditioning. You, you've got that stuff covered. And then you, from there, happiness is really you know, up to you. Uh, and you've got to figure out what it is that's going to make you happy because more money is not going to do it. Um, and a lot of people think, um, you know, I've had a lot of our clients have had liquidity events. They sell a business and they think that they're going to be happy with all of the money. Really the business for some of them is what was bringing the happiness, right? Cause it was bringing the significance and the connectedness and in many ways for some of the contribution and the variety, all those basic uh, human needs. Whereas going from having $3 million to $33 million, it can change the, you know, look, you're going to live a better lifestyle. You're going to feel a little more secure, 
But unless you're motivated by other things, like if that person's motivated by contribution and giving it away, well, then, mm -hmm. then they can even be happier. But for most people, once you get to that 80,000 or so mark, it's back on you to own your own happiness. You know, that's a really good point. And not, not to get too personal, but you know, uh, both you and Tony Robbins have much more money than you need to you know, live off of $80,000 a year. What still drives you to, you know, uh, to grow your businesses, you know, write books and earn more money? Well, I, mean, I can't speak for him. I can tell you, I, I know what I'm motivated by out of those <laughs> things. I'm motivated by variety. And this is a job where, I mean, literally, I don't know what's going to happen on any given week, you know, just there's going to be a lot of surprises and most of them will be pleasant. So that's part of it. I'm very motivated by, you know, contribution. So I love being a part of something, working with other people, trying to make a difference. This is an industry where it's very easy um, to, um, you know, create a significant outcome. Like I think that, you know, all of us together here at Creative Planning are working together to, make this industry different. And so that gives that sense of purpose uh, that is better. And, you know, as we start to see a lot of competitors try to imitate uh, what we're doing, that shows the difference that we're making. And so there's all of those, you know, great rewards that uh, make it very worthwhile. And I'm more motivated than I was when I started, you know, 15, 20 years ago. Yeah. And speaking of that, how actually did you get started? What's kind of your background? You know, now you have this uh, company that manages close to $50 billion in assets. How did you get started? Kind of what's your background and with the business as well? You know, I got started um, basically as an estate attorney and a financial planner. So I did financial planning for one firm and I would do wills and trusts for other advisors, really got to see the industry, wanted to have a firm that was independent, customized portfolios and provided a, a wealth of services in house, just like I cover in the path of just, you, you can't just look at the portfolio, you have to look at retirement planning and what motivates you and legal and tax and so on. And uh, so the idea was to put all of that together. And at the time, you know, that was unique. And, and uh, the way that we managed money coupled with, with doing the financial planning, uh, along with all the other things we're doing and then the people that we've hired uh, have really created, um, you know, the success that we've had over the years. Okay, and how'd you meet Tony? And how did he get involved with the business? This is a really, uh, I, you know, it's, I don't know that I've even covered this story. Um, no one's asked the question, I think, that directly. And I'll, it's a fascinating, to me, it's a fascinating story. So I had never read a Tony Robbins book. I'd never been to a Tony Robbins event. Um, you know, it's funny, I had a partner here at the, at, at the time in our 401k business. He's a great friend. And his name's uh, Bob Pascuzzi. And, and mm -hmm. Bob used to play when I'd go on 401k trips with him, like to go meet prospective business that was going to consider moving their 401k to creative planning. He would have these, you know, 20 years ago, it was, you know, 15 years ago, it was tapes in his car and then it was CDs. Um, and then finally he didn't need either of those. He would just play it on the radio, but he would, every morning he'd listen to a little bit of Tony Robbins and he had told me how in the eighties he had gone to an event and at that event, it really kind of inspired him um, to go out on his own and to do something different. And, and really he considered that a turning point for him. Um, and I thought that was interesting because at the time I, all I could think of was, you know, walking on coals and TV ads and stuff like that. It's not what I had in my mind was what Bob was telling me. Um, you know, it's, it's interesting how, how things change. I mean, I was sitting with a movie studio chief who told me he started his business after sitting in one of those meetings, the guy's a billionaire today. You know, that tech wow. executive that I was sitting with said he started his tech company after sitting in one of his conferences. He's a multi-billionaire today. 
Um, so there's no question that people go there, they get some, get something they're not getting uh, somewhere else that really gives them the, the drive and, and, and the desire. So I had this in my mind for you know 10 years of mm-hmm. driving in the car with my friend Bob Pascuzzi to these 401k meetings. And um, that's the end of chapter one of the story. So chapter two of the story is all my clients start walking in to my office with this book called Money Master the Game. It has mm. Tony Robbins' picture on it. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what, what is going on? And, you know, people are tagging this book and they're asking questions. And so of course I went and read the book and then you know, we, so we could answer the, the client's questions. And then they were asking us, are you a fiduciary? And all these questions Tony had, had said to do in the book. And you know, the story of that book is uh, Tony had, uh, had a 401k plan and I guess his HR person let in this guy, Tom Zagainer, to look at their 401k plan. And Tom Zagainer had had a company called America's Best 401k. And uh, Tom Zagainer had gone in and showed him that, showed them that they were paying about 200% more than they needed to pay for the 401k and that they could switch to lower cost, passive funds, and save all this money. And Tony was like mad. So he just goes off on his HR person, the HR person like, look, this is a big company we're with. This isn't like Joe Schmo down the road. Mm-hmm. Tony calls Ray Dalio, who's you know one of his good friends and many consider the top hedge fund manager and John P- Tudor Jones, who's also a friend of his. And they start to explain to him kind of how the industry works. And they suggest he talk to some other people. So he goes and he talks to Charles Schwab and he talks to Bogle, uh, and he talks to Alan Greenspan. I mean, and so he's got these incredible interviews. And his advisor at the time, uh, AJ Gupta, uh, says, you should put these into a book. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Tony hadn't done a book in 20-something years, and it certainly hadn't been about money, but he had learned a lot. He learned some basic, like you should have a fiduciary, and that fees matter, and that tax sensitivity matters, and, all, you know, all those kind of things. So he put it all together as a book and it became what I think is still today, the best-selling financial book of this century so far, right? Of the last 20 plus years. Um, and what happened was AJ's business started getting flooded with people started to look up, well, who's, who's Tony's advisor? And so they called Tom Zagainer about 4Ks, mm-hmm. they called AJ and they wound up building a, a referral platform and creative planning at the time, you know, wasn't on it. They were referring to, probably four of the you know, 10 or 20 biggest independent firms uh, in the country. And then AJ called me. I did not know AJ and said, hey, can we, would you join this? And I did. So creative planning got on it. But after a month, I called AJ. I said, hey, look, you know, some of the things in the book, like don't market, he says, don't market time. But you're referring to a firm that market times. It says, okay. you know, you shouldn't have your own product, work with an advisor that has their own products. But in the book, uh, but you're, you're referring to some advisors that have their own products. And AJ said, hey, no problem. I'll take you off the referral program. And I mean, 10 minutes later, Tony Robbins called me. And it's wow. the first time I've ever heard his voice. <laughs> I've still never met him. And he's like, hey, what am I missing here? You know, I don't want to be. And uh, he goes, can you come see me on Friday? Well, it was Wednesday. I said, okay. I fly to LA. He's having one of his conferences. I meet him at the break of his conference. We meet for about an hour. And I just walk him through that just because you're independent, doesn't mean you check all these other boxes, right? And so anyway, he called me a week later, said he wanted to visit our headquarters in Kansas City, and he met our legal team and tax team, investment team, and everything else. And next thing I know, Tom Zagainer has joined creative planning, AJ Gupta has joined creative planning, you know, we became affiliated, and then we said, hey, let's release a book that's really clear about this, and we released Unshakable. And so, you know, how's that for a long answer? But it gives you kind of just the amount of, uh, luck and history and all those things 
um, that had to come together for that. And it was interesting for me, kind of an interesting moment was when he met the head of our 401k group. And mm -hmm. I didn't know this, but Bob had always carried around a notebook with him. Turned out the notebook was from a, a conference he went to in Chicago that Tony put on about business in the 80s. Wow. And Tony instantly recognized the book. And it was interesting watching those two have an emotional moment. And it was just, it was kind of a, cr a crazy, crazy, crazy story. Um, it's been a very interesting uh, journey for sure. That's fantastic to hear that backstory. I, I can't believe no one's asked you that before because, you know, for me, I, I've always kind of assumed, you know, Tony, you know, I like wrote it because of uh, you know, his, his love for co contribution and helping people out. But I can absolutely imagine him getting infuriated knowing that his employees, people that he loves and cares about, you know, weren't getting the best deal. We're getting charged way too much in fees and, and, and just, you know, losing out. And how many other Americans or people around the world were, you know, basically on that same path. So I, I read that, uh, the book, I actually listened to it on audiobook, Money Master the Game. I, I still recommend it to people uh, just listen to those interviews because I think those are, those are gold. But I do agree that even after reading the 980 pages, even I was still confused thinking, all right, so what do I do? I, I should walk into, you know, to some office and say, like, sign me up for this all seasons portfolio that he kept talking about. Right. What, what, yeah. What, what are your thoughts on that portfolio anyways? Well, I mean, for, first of all, I think like your, your takeaway to me, what was fascinating was the, the, it sold so many copies. Uh, I mean, doctors walking in with it, lawyers, business owners. And to me, it showed how desperate people were for somebody to cut through all of the crap in the industry, just desperate for it. Uh, Cause there's, look, there's a book about financial stuff released every day, multiple times a day, but people were just desperate to figure out, Hey, can I get an outsider to come in here and I've, I've done all these interviews and maybe cut through all of this uh, and get to get to some, you know, some truth and into this. And I think at, at a minimum, it told people get to an independent advisor, focus on a fiduciary, separate the product from the advisor and don't market time. You know, if you got the basics out of that, you got so much better, um, so much better off. And, and that, that for sure happened, you know, with the, with the all weather portfolio, the all weather portfolio or all seasons portfolio. Um, generally, I agree with it. I think that from when that came out to today, a lot of things have changed. So for example, a big part of that portfolio is long-term bonds. But, you know, when Ray Dalio first recommended that portfolio, long-term bonds were in the double digits or mid-single digits. You know, with, with interest rates close to zero, it's, you're not going to get the same effect uh, today. So it kind of goes with that investing and planning is a living, breathing thing. And you, no matter how much you know about the tax rules, they're going to change. No matter how much you nail down how trusts and wills work, the laws are going to change. And the same comes with investing. You, you kind of, it's one thing to get your car on the road to really figure out how do I get on the right path. It's a whole other thing to keep it on the road and, and to say, how do I continue to make decisions that keep me on the right path here? Yeah, I, I can definitely see that. And, and it does make sense that books do need to get up, uh, updated, especially financial books, because if bonds were still paying four or 5% uh, uh, yield, I would be, I would just be in bonds right now. <laughs> but, yeah, no, I mean, look, yeah. if the 10 year treasury was where it normally, the 10 year treasury is normally over 6%. That's the average. Mm -hmm. If that was the case today, the big swooshing sound you would hear would be the money leaving the stock market, you know, instantly. <laughs> um, yields just, the world is different, a different place. 
Yeah, I can definitely see that. So what, what do you tell people today then who are, who are just getting, you know, started? Does the, you know, I mean, at, at my age, at 39, I should be, what, you know, uh, 60, 40 stocks and bonds or 70, 30. But it just doesn't no, make any no, no, sense. No, now. no, no, don't say that. No, no, you should be, <laughs> you should be, you know, somewhere between 70% and 90%, if not 100% stocks. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, you're, you, what you were doing is you were kind of taking your age and saying that should be your bond allocation. I really, you know, disagree with that. So I, I think that the idea should be, what are we trying to do? You probably don't need money from your portfolio for 20 years, right? Mm-hmm. And so we know that the stock market, you know, if you look forward one year, the odds it's positive are about 75%. But if we look forward 20, it's close to 100%. So why would we buy bonds for you primarily, or in a big, big part, that are paying 2%, when we can go pay stock by stocks that pay a dividend of 2% and probably are going to earn much, much more than the dividend, right? They're probably going to earn six, seven, 10, depending on, you know, what you want to believe, but it's probably going to be triple what bonds are in, at least. So I think that you should be very, very heavily invested in, in stocks and stick with them for the long run. And it will, it will have a much better chance of getting you where you need to be. I definitely agree with that. And kind of speaking of that, and you know, there's all of the, the boggleheads out there that are, you know, just so into, you know, low, low cost uh, stocks, but they're almost always U.S. stocks. And for the last, you know, 30 years, the U.S. market has been just excelling over everyone. What are your thoughts kind of going forward? Do you think that it, you know, it, it just, it, that can continue or it just doesn't make any sense? Well, it, you know, they, it, the U.S. and international stocks, they always find their way back to each other. Uh, the question is just how long are they going to be apart? If you look at 2000 to 2010, U.S. stocks, large U.S. stocks earned 0% over 10 years. And international stocks and emerging market stocks, small stocks, bonds, bonds, real estate, all had huge returns over that decade. Now, if we look at 2010 to 2020, all of those asset classes are up, but the U.S., large U.S. stocks have destroyed everything else. They've done just much better than everything else. And really, it's a subset of that, which is tech, and really, it's a subset of that, which is FANG plus Microsoft, right? Mm-hmm. So you have very, very big tech kind of take over the world as we're all, all, all billions of people are on these, these same platforms. Um, these things are never sustained. There's no example in history of this being sustained. So th- that doesn't mean it's gonna change tomorrow, I mean, it could go on for another year or 10 years. Nobody knows, which is the idea of having a diversified portfolio. Not too many investors can get through 2000 to 2010 uh, if they're all U.S. stocks and watch everything go up for 40 quarters and watch U.S. stocks earn zero. Mm -hmm. And, you know, very few people could have no U.S. stocks the last decade and not lose their minds. And so Mm -hmm. spread the eggs in the different baskets. They're all going to wind up about the same place over the long run. By diversifying, you wind up uh, with a little bit less volatile ride. And there are going to be periods where you're going to outperform the Dow Jones Industrial Average or the S&P 500 because those are large U.S. stocks. And there are going to be periods where you underperform them. And just accept that. And that that's probably going to work out for most people. Okay, that's awesome. And it actually ties straight into a couple Patreon questions we have. Uh, one is, can you talk about kind of uh, how you are personally invested? Do you, are you in, you know, like allocation-wise, U.S. stocks, international stocks, index funds, you know, real estate, kind of, uh, what, what do you personally do? 100% of my investable assets um, are invested like our clients. So we have, we use large U.S. index, large international index, 
small cap funds, mid cap index, all of those things, I own those exact positions in those, in those spaces. We also use for some of our clients, a subset of our clients, alternative investments, private equity, private lending, uh, th- private real estate, life settlement, things like that. Uh, I own those same exact asset classes and the same exact, you know, pr- what we call sponsors. Like if you're using, say, Carlisle for private equity, the exact same ones uh, that we offer to our clients. Now, inside of that, I have, you know, I, for example, I own the building that creative planning is in, right? But when it comes to my portfolio, it's invested uh, exactly like the like we do with our with our clients. Okay. And you know, I have no incentive to do anything different. If I thought there was a better way to buy stocks, <laughs> I would do it for my clients and we would do it for our, ourselves too. Yeah, it makes sense. Uh, so another question is, uh, what are kind of some of the, the pros or cons of going through a company like yours uh, versus just buying you know, uh, from Vanguard directly? Well, I think some of the advantages are, you know, as an independent firm that doesn't own products, you know, we're always going to recommend what we think is best for the client. So if somebody comes to us for a 401k, for example, we're going to recommend to them the same funds that our employees use. Okay, so you have a firm that has almost 700 or maybe a little more than 700 employees and all the CFAs and CFPs and CPAs and attorneys here that do planning and money management and all that all day long, they obviously care about the funds and their fund lineup, right? So when we, when a company hires us to do their 401k, they know we're going to recommend to them exactly what we're doing for ourselves. You know, Vanguard's a great company and one of the books that, really influenced me early on was Common Sense on Mutual Funds by Bogle. I think he was brilliant in the sense of identifying very early on that passive beats active in most parts of the market. Uh, To my knowledge, we're the largest holder of ETFs in the country, uh, of all the independent firms uh, in the country. Uh, Creative planning has more in those. That shows you how much that research uh, has influenced us. But you know what? They're not all Vanguard funds. And so when somebody comes to creative planning, Vanguard is not the best at everything, especially today. There are a lot of other places that they uh, cost less or that in different spaces, I think are going to have a better outcome. Uh, Bonds, private equity, private lending, uh, small cap stocks. I just believe that there are other things that do better. And I think if you go to Vanguard and you pay Vanguard 30 basis points or whatever it is, Mm-hmm. Uh, to get financial advice, you are going to be advised to sell all your stuff and buy Vanguard funds. Mm-hmm. And that would be better than most alternatives. Mm-hmm. But I think there are better investments out there in a way where you can take advantage of market dips, whether it's through tax strategy or or buying more or or working around outside positions or a concentrated stock. They're just other things that would benefit, particularly higher net worth investors. It makes absolutely sense. So, uh, one question that always comes up is Bitcoin, cryptocurrency, yes or no? Well, I, so I'm a no, but let me clarify because it always like creates a thing on social media. So basically, <laughs> you know, my, I wrote a letter about this like maybe three years ago. And I basically said, look, there's about two or 3,000 cryptocurrencies. 99% of them are going to go away. That's already happened. Like from when I wrote the letter to today, most of them have completely gone away. And I said, there may be a few survivors so far that's happened and Bitcoin may be one of them, right? And so what's happened today is most of these have gone under, fallen by the wayside. We have a couple that are doing okay and Bitcoin's still hanging in there. I think we need a couple things to happen for this to work. I mean, one, we need people to continue to buy into it, right? There's no intrinsic value. If you buy Bitcoin, 
um, it's not going to produce income, right? So it's there on the idea that people will believe in it as a currency in the future. So that's tentative at best. Maybe it works out, you know, maybe, maybe not. Second, it has to be the currency that winds up being widely adopted. And sometimes what we think is going to be widely adopted is not what really is widely adopted. So an example of that would be AOL. When the internet started, we had AOL. I mean, that was like, nothing is going to beat this. Well, I mean, within years, we had Excite and Lycos and all these providers. We thought, oh, this is so much better. Well, none of these even, um, they probably exist, but I don't know, right? <laughs> now everyone's using Google, right? Yeah. Um, I think we're going to see the same thing with, with, with all kinds of things that people think are unstoppable today, whether it's Netflix or whether it's Bitcoin. So my advice three years ago was the same as it is today. If you're putting money in that space uh, and you're not with a leader, you're almost certainly going to lose your money. If you're with one of the leaders, it may work out. It probably won't. In the meantime, you're not going to collect any income while you hope for this to, to work out. We're going to know in five or 10 years and, and uh, something will probably work. I don't know what it's going to be though. And that's the definition of speculation. Great answer. And I 100% agree with that. So uh, last question is financial freedom. What do you think it kind of looks like at the end of the game? <laughs> <laughs> well, financial freedom means different things to different people. So I think like everybody wants to be in a position where they control their own destiny and to control your own destiny, you need to be able to do whatever you want at any time. So for example, we have a lot, a lot of employees at creative planning that they could leave today if they wanted to and retire. Right. And some of somebody will, you know, retire this year for sure. Isn't some, you know, somebody did last year, somebody will this year. And, and that's going to happen. But for most people, they don't necessarily want to walk away from their job or whatever. They want to know they have the ability to do whatever they want to when they get up in the morning and that everything they're doing in that day is their choice. That to me is the definition of financial freedom. Uh, but that's not everybody's goal. You know, and so the, the first step in before you invest a dollar is what are we trying to accomplish? What, are, what is the goal? And once you have the goal, we can reverse engineer everything else that needs to happen to help someone get there. I love it. Uh, Peter, thank you so much for coming on. I highly encourage everyone to pick up a copy of the book, The Path, Accelerating Your Journey to Financial Freedom. I really enjoyed it and I've read both other books and I would highly recommend it, even if you just read that one chapter with the six human needs, because maybe by reading that, it'll help you define what you know, your future happiness looks like and what your path should be. Uh, if you want to pick up the book or find out more about creative planning, where can they find you? They can uh, follow me on, uh, first of all, you can follow me on Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, all those places, but you can also just reach out to us at creativeplanning.com. You go to creativeplanning.com and you can click on request a meeting or conversation and, and we'll be able to talk with you. Awesome. Great talking to you, Peter. See you. Hey, thanks for having me. Take care. Wow. Awesome interview, Johnny. Uh, Peter was a great guest. Yeah, he's fantastic. And it was so nice just hearing his backstory and how he met Tony. That was a totally off, uh, you know, kind of tangent almost where I, I was expecting him to give some stock answer like, oh, you know, introduced to business partners or mutual acquaintances. But it was such a fascinating like message just kind of knowing that if you are building something good and you have good customers and you, you know, you stand by your morals and what you believe in other people who also have the same, you know, same values, they see it 
And even if you tell them no, even if you tell them, you know what, look, like this isn't a good fit. This isn't, you know, this isn't the values that, that I want to have in business. If that person is like Tony Robbins, like just a very genuine guy, he'll ask like, oh, like maybe am I missing something? Like let, let's chat. I, I think that's key. Um, I think that that tells me a lot about Tony Robbins that I, I wouldn't even guess. You know, you, you could think a guy like that could easily be very arrogant and full of himself, but it sounds like he was legit angry that his employees were losing out on money in their retirement. And he, that's how he kind of turned on in the path to finding Peter. It's a really cool story. Yeah, it was, it was fantastic. And uh, I've you know, been able to read pretty much most of the, the, the preview copy that they sent over to me. Uh, and you've read it as well now, right? I'm, I'm pretty far in. I think I'm like, like 60, 70 pages, which is for me is a lot. <laughs> like, I don't read much, but I'm actually legitimately interested in this book. And I keep going, it's on a PDF. They sent it on a PDF, which is not ideal, but I'm still very into it. Yeah, I almost bootlegged it and went to the local printer here in Colombo, Sri Lanka to ask him to bind it into a book. <laughs> and I was like, you know what? I'm sure this is copywriting some infringement. So if you guys All have right. a Kindle. Well, then you have to order yeah. one for them on Amazon, Johnny. Yeah, just yeah. give them some money. <laughs> I actually, you know what? Honestly, I would, have, I would love to read the paperback, but I'm in Sri Lanka. And by the time I would get here, just, yeah, I don't know if it would even get here. But if you guys are anywhere else <laughs> in the world, you know, in the US, Canada, you, you know, Europe, Australia, I'm sure you can get a copy on Amazon pretty quickly. Yeah. And I just checked it out. Um, we're recording this just a couple of days before it comes out, but it's number one on all the investment lists right now. So it's going to be a big book. Yeah. I, I can definitely see that. And I can now see why they updated it because in three years, especially these last three years, a lot has changed. Oh, for sure. And I, I think it's really cool that um, I, I unfortunately didn't read Unshakable, but now I'm kind of interested to read it after getting so far into this one. Um, it sounds like it, it goes a lot further into more of your, um, how money relates to your happiness, which I think is really cool. Yeah. And, and that's why I had mentioned, like, even if someone just read that one chapter about, you know, how uh, the six human needs affects our, you know, our mindset on investing, that that would already be worth the price of the book. I didn't, you know, say, you know, I, I didn't intend it to be saying like, oh, just read that one chapter because the rest of the book right. is very valuable. But like that, that one chapter is so valuable. It could have been this whole separate book and I would have happily paid, you know, 30 bucks or in my case, $5,000 to go to that conference to, to really learn those things. So, you know, the, the rest of the book is extremely valuable, especially if you either haven't read Unshakable or Money Master Game, or you, you somehow changed your investment strategy since those have, have come out. Because if we just all followed you know, the tried and true rules of investing the same amount in a diversified portfolio of index funds, whether the market is going up or down, we're, you know, we're going to be pretty good off, you know, we're going to be better off than 95% of people out there. But if you got shook up and you, you know, went off a path or you didn't know what the path was during this 2020, you know, kind of chaos, then this book is definitely for you. Yeah, I totally agree. I, I think it's really important that, that he's, he's like, you know, don't panic about what you're doing, you know, stick to, stick to your plan, stick to the path. It's going to work out things like that. Um, and like I said earlier, it's just, it's, it's more than about the markets. It's about 
uh, finding your financial freedom, which it doesn't necessarily mean making a hundred million dollars. It's what you choose to do every day where in Peter's case, he's obviously worth many millions of dollars. He's the president of a firm that manages over $50 billion in assets. And he, he could retire tomorrow and never have to work a day in his life, but he chooses to do what he does. And that's pretty much his freedom and what he's trying to get for his clients too. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. So really good interview, really good book, highly recommend it. And, you know, even little things like, you know, what to do with, with bonds in this low interest environment. It was, you know, it was, that's a good point too. With the interest rates now, you're not going to make any money off bonds. So I love how he told you just maybe even go hundred percent in stocks. Yeah. Especially like in, in my case being 39, you know, and having other income, full-time YouTuber guys look for Johnny FD. <laughs> uh, it's, I'm not, you know, I don't have to worry about, you know, stable cash flow through, you know, through things like uh, bond yield. So I'm, I'm, I'm happy being, you know, pretty much hundred uh, percent in bond besides the 50 K I've in, in worthy bonds. Uh, but yeah, if you guys want to know kind of my whole portfolio as well as Sam's, uh, completely open, check out a quarter of the updates. It's in the Patreon group right now. It's a video so you can watch our dashboards open. Sam completely opens up. Like I personally saw things in his portfolio that I had never knew existed, even though we've been friends now for five years. I've been doing, you know, 140 something episodes of this podcast now. So check it out. Go to investlikeaboss.com, click on Patreon, support the show, sign up for those five bucks and you get full access to everything. 150 something episodes. Wow. Can't believe yeah. we're that far out now. We're going to crack 200 in no time at the rate we're going. Thanks to you guys on Patreon for sure. Cause without that, we wouldn't be able to do half of those episodes. So yeah, actually, yeah, literally, uh, if it wasn't for Derek, we, we wouldn't be doing more than what, like one episode a month now with, with Sam's schedule, especially. So thanks guys so much. And if you enjoyed this episode, please share it with your friends, your family, anyone who might benefit from learning about the path or staying on track with finances, especially in this volatile world. You know, anyone who's swayed by, you know, thinking they should put all their money into Bitcoin or the latest cryptocurrency or anyone who is afraid to go in the market because it's too hot right now, it's too high right now. Have, have them listen to this episode. Uh, leave a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. That really helps us stay in the top 10 investment podcast ranking. And that way more people find it because we really do try to give you the best possible advice and we put our money where our mouth is. We invest in the, the things that we actually talk about. And as Derek knows, we screen our guests pretty hard. So, you know, there's probably what 90% of guests we say no to. We don't, we don't even, we oh, don't even it's, it's, it's higher than 90. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, let me give a quick shout out on iTunes too. I was just looking up my, on my phone. Uh, we have some newer reviews. Uh, we're only five away from 400. We're at 395. We're so close. Wow. Uh, shout out to uh, nav3en91. Says, love the podcast. Great guests. And I've gotten introduced to quite a few different investment ideas. Thanks to Johnny and Sam. Thanks for the five-star review, Nav. Appreciate it. Whoever is lucky, uh, review number 400, you get a free slushy lemonade from Derek if you go to Venice Beach. Yeah. However, I can find you through iTunes. Uh, it's yours. Come to Venice. Yeah. <laughs> all right, guys. Hope you enjoyed this episode. Uh, we'll see you all next week. Bye-bye. 
Thanks for listening to the Best Like a Boss podcast. Join our mailing list at investlikeaboss.com to get exclusive access to our insider investment portfolios and our private members forum. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. Tell your friends and leave us a review in the iTunes store. It helps more than you know. See you guys next week.